0: The Sci for a film podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scythe Film podcast. Um, I am here, I'm Andy Walker, hello, and I'm here with my son Scott. Hello there. Hello. And this week we are looking at the 1965 British horror film, Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. Um, Which
1: can kick the absolute life out of me, because I watched this on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it says on there that it's
0: 2016. Yeah, I know. It's because he he remastered, but it confused yeah. me. I thought I was watching the wrong film. No, I know. Okay, um, so <laughs> it's made by Amicus Productions. Now, Amicus were kind of like uh, they they ran alongside uh, Hammer and things like that, doing these sort of things. But they made uh, Doctor Who and the Daleks, uh, Daleks Invasion Earth twenty fifth twenty one fifteen. They did yep. Torture Garden and scream and scream again. The house that dripped blood, tales from the crypt, asylum from beyond the grave, and they did the land that time forgot, which oh. is Peter Cushing and Doug McClure. Yeah, our
1: the, the one actor. The the film that was good.
0: Uh, <laughs> our our favourite actor, Doug McClure.
1: Yeah, but Peter Cushing makes up for it, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, was made, it was directed by Freddie Francis, who worked for Hammer and Amicus. Um,
1: yeah, got an amazing back
0: catalogue. Directed, we me see, Paranoiac was his first film in 63, then uh, The Evil of Frankenstein, Dracula's Risen from the Grave, Torture Garden, Tales from the Crypt, Son of Dracula, Mumsy, Nanny, Sonny and Gurley, which is a real cult classic. Um, and the Doctor and the Devils, he was also a cinematographer on the Elephant Man, Dune, and Cape Fear, the 90, the remake of Cape Fear.
1: Yeah. Like he has got an amazing
0: back catalog. Absolutely. Um, they all, everybody in this age, really. Your writer is Milton Sabotsky. He formed Amicus in 1964. Yeah. Um, and he also formed Sor- Sword and Sorcery Productions in 1975, which did fantasy stuff. He co-produced. Uh, some of um, Stephen King's films including Maximum Overdrive and Lawnmower Man.
1: <laughs> I didn't know about it, the fact he'd done Lawnmower Man. <laughs>
0: okay. he, um, he wrote a lot of Amicus's uh, screenplays. So he's, yeah. I mean, he's quite... Now, the cast. Let's well, start with... <laughs> the cast alone, they're bad catalogue. We could be here for hours. I know. I, I've, I've only selected some. Uh, starting off with the two most famous, you've got Peter Cushing. Now we got Curse of Frankenstein, Abominable Snowman, Dracula, Revenge of Frankenstein, The Mummy, The Flesh of the Fiends, Briar to Dracula, The Evil of Frankenstein, The Skull, Doctor Who and the Daleks, Daleks Invasion of Earth 2150, Frankenstein Created Woman, Torture Garden, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, Twins of Evil, Dracula AD 1972, uh, Horror Express, At the Earth's Core, and Star Wars. Yeah. And he also...
1: It's bad, though, that Star Wars is the only normal one out of the whole of that list.
0: I suppose. (laughs) He also is famous for the fact that he was in a television production of uh, 1984 in the 1950s. Now, at that time, they didn't have recording facilities, so it was done live. It was so popular that they did it twice. Oh, I remember. Yes, I remembered. remember hearing about this. It, it was a play, basically, that they filmed. They, they showed on TV live, and yeah. it was so popular that they showed they they re- played, did the whole play again. Yeah. So they could show it again. I mean, it's incredible to be able to do the same production on TV. It's there. So then we have Christopher Lee. Okay. Now, Chris, Christopher Lee. Mummy can
1: speak for itself.
0: Yeah. got The Curse of Frankenstein, Dracula, The Mummy, City of the, of the Dead, Terror in the Crypt, The Gorgon, The Skull, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, Rasputin, Theatre of Death, The Blood Demon, The Devil Rides Out, Dracula's Risen from the Grave, Scream and Scream Again, Count Dracula, Taste the Blood of Dracula, Scars of Dracula, Dracula in AD Horror Express, Satanic Rites of Dracula, The Wicker Man, Starship Invasions, he played Death in all of the Discworld animation films that have been made and the computer games. Yeah. He, yeah, he was in all of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit films. And he yep. was in parts two and three of uh, Star Wars.
1: Yep.
0: And he was also <laughs> in Star Wars. Star Who Wars. did he play in Star Wars? Was, he I'm was uh, Count Dooku. He was also okay. Darth yes. Tyrannus. Darth Tyr- Tyrannus.
1: Yes, completely
0: forgot about <laughs> that. has a great fight with Yoda at one point, which must have been fun. Yeah. Do you so, know what? I'm, I'm a massive Star Wars fan, and I completely forgot about that. Oh, my God. So, going through the others, we've got a guy called Max Adrian, who, to be honest, the only thing i found of any note of his to do with sci-fi or horror was a film called The Terranauts in 1967. So, there you go. Terranauts? Sounds like something
1: like... They go through swimming in the ocean. I don't know.
0: I have no idea. We've <laughs> uh, we got Anne Bell, who is in uh, the six, 1966 version of Fahrenheit 451. Who's also in a sixty six yeah. film called The Witches and a brilliant film in uh, 1967 called The Shuttered Room, which has got Oliver Reed in it. And it's really good. Yeah, it's an amazing film. Then we've got uh, Peter Madden. He was in Fiend Without a Face, Kiss of the Vampire, Frankenstein Created Woman, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell. <laughs> uh, then we have, let's see, uh, Donald Sutherland, is it? And he, yeah,
1: that surprised me.
0: he was in uh, Castle of the Living Dead, Don't Look Now, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the remake, uh, Outbreak Virus, which is almost exactly the same film, but they're four years apart, uh, he also did Space Cowboys and American Haunting. He was in all three of the... All four, rather, of the Hunger Games films. Yeah. And the uh, most up-to-date one is he was in Ad Astra last year. I don't think I've heard that one. I don't think I've watched it, anymore. And then we got Roy Castle, unfortunately. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> See, it's just the feel. Every good film has got to have one bad actor
1: or one bad... One person and not everyone likes.
0: Now, the only other thing that Roy Castle did really of note, as far as we're concerned, was he was in Doctor Who and the Daleks. Yeah. Other than that, he was a musician, he was a stage entertainer, and he presented Guinness Book of Records, uh, 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 record breakers for about 30 years. We've got Alan Freeman. Now, Alan Freeman isn't an actor, he's a DJ.
1: Yeah.
0: I grew up listening to Alan Freeman on the radio all the time. He played, he had a brilliant rock show on, um, but um, he really hasn't done any other, well, no, that's not true. He's done a few other films, but in all the other films, he's either been himself or a DJ. So,
1: yeah, he's, he's one of the few that didn't actually go on and do a lot of other
0: no, massive
1: film networks. A lot of the, know, other that's the way he was in the film, to be honest, because he was, a, as I say, he was a DJ at the time. He was on Radio 1. I think a lot of it was more because they were trying to find British actors at the time, weren't they? There's, 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 there wasn't a lot of of them about.
0: They were trying to get a younger audience to watch their horror films, I think. Yeah. But by having people like Alan Freeman and Roy Castle in it, who were at the time quite popular, you know, youth icons, if you like. Yeah. Trying kind to of dig that. Um, then we got uh, Neil McCallum who the only thing I could find about him, he was in a film called Moon Zero Two in 1969. Um, Ursula Howells was also in Torture Garden and Mumsy, Nanny, Sonny and Gurley. Edward Underdown was in The Day the Earth Caught Fire. Can't find a lot else about him. Bernard Lee. Yeah. uh, Bernard Lee plays one of the the detective guys in the the Alan Freeman one. uh, He was in a film called The Brain, he was in Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, but he's best known for playing the character of M in all of the James Bond films in the 60s. Yes. And I think some no, of the later ones we as well. Yeah, uh, I thought he
1: looked, looked familiar. I didn't do a lot of research on a lot of the other extra parts. If I did a lot of stuff on the, the main, the main yeah. five, six that are in it. I didn't uh, do a
0: lot of- Jeremy Kemp... Didn't really do a lot, a lot else at all, apart from the fact that he played. I can't remember if it was his. I think it was his, John Luke Picard's brother in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, Sarah Nichols, who played, was in Transformers the last night. Yes, really. Has did a lot of other films, but none of them sci-fi or. Things.
1: No, it, it, it was very weird for the, the fact that she sort of disappeared out of it, or and then went back into it.
0: Yeah, well, she went off to do a lot of mainstream sort of romantic yeah. type things and crime things. Um, Kenny Lynch, who's in the Roy Castle bit, he has done no other films of interest really. He's done a couple of music films other than that. He just went back to doing music. Yeah. How are the
1: As well. Huh? He's quite a big name, or well, was quite a big name. He was quite a big
0: name at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Harold Lane was in the Quatermass Experiment. He was also in Paranoiac and a film called The Psychopath. Don't know that one. Uh, There's a guy called Thomas Baptiste, who, again, I couldn't find anything else that he'd done, really, of any real... The
1: name sounds really familiar, though. That's the one thing I was... It's someone I looked at and I went, the name sounds so familiar, but I couldn't find anything about him. And I have no idea why he's bugging me so much that I know the name. I know. I don't know if it's the last name or what,
0: but... And we've got Michael Goff. Now, Michael Goff is one of these weird people who's been doing tons of films. And when you see him, you know who he is. But if people say Michael Goff, you go, "Uh, who? Oh, um... yeah. Now, he was in *Horror of Dracula*, *Horrors of the Black Museum*, *Conga*, *Phantom of the Opera* (the 62 version), *The Skull*. They came from beyond space. *Berserk*, *Curse of the Crimson Altar*, *Horror Hospital*, *Legends of Hell House*, *Satan's Slave*, *The Serpent and the Rainbow*. And he played Alfred in all of the original Batman or all of the original Batman films from 1989
1: to 1997. Yeah, exactly. he is a massive name, but he's 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 one of the names that you people go. Oh, yeah, I've seen this person. You go, who? And then you see the face and go, oh, yes. But you always remember him for the parts he's played, not... Yeah. His he's, name. Been,
0: isn't, he's never been a real lead actor. He's always been kind of like secondary second yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's always he's uh, been someone else. We've got Isla Blair, who was in Taste of Blood of Dracula. Uh, Judy Cornwall. Now, Judy Cornwall hasn't done a lot of other horror or sci-fi stuff, but she's yeah. best known for playing... Mrs. Claus in Santa Claus the movie.
1: Yes. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's bizarre the fact that it's just all sort of, you sit there and go, Oh, yeah, this, especially that this is a very, I'm not, I don't want to say bizarre, but like the, the other names that are in it, the big sci fi horror names that are oh, in yeah, it. Yeah. You know, odd, there's people that are,
0: have played parts with them and they go, Oh, and they, they sort of went off and didn't do anything. You're like, Who else we got? We've got Jennifer Jane who was in the Trollenberg Terror. They came from beyond space. Uh, the Medusa Touch and the Doctor of the Devils. Uh, and a guy called Al Mulloch, who was in Battle Beneath the Earth. Now there yeah. were a couple of them that I couldn't find anything out about at all. There were two people in it that I just could not find anything out about them at all.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, can't find their names almost. It's sort of like, almost like they disappeared off the planet, of the Earth, the face of the yeah, Earth.
1: It's it scrubbed away.
0: But right, this is a, um, let me see, nowadays, because people don't understand the word portmento, uh, nowadays they call them anthology films, but they used to be called Mento films, which basically means lots of small bit films all connected into one with an overarching story. Um, Amicus were really good at doing that. That's what Torture Garden was and Tales from the Crypt. And a lot, a lot of with a lot of those things. And Amicus seemed to do them really well. Yeah. Um, so, right, now we've got that out of the way. That's taken off after the programme. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, initial reaction, what would you say? I, do you know what? Apart from the fact that it, there were small little things
1: that I was not digging at, but just sort of, I kept picking fault in because of the fact that I just do that a lot. But yeah. other than that, I I was just, I really enjoyed it. So I love Christopher Lee's stuff, Peter Cushing stuff. I love even if it's like the B movie stuff, the really god awful stuff. They they've only <laughs> done as like a pet. you know. You know, they've done it just because they've sat in a bar one night and got very drunk and going, "Yeah, this be a great idea." I still love watching. Yeah, this film, I, I I didn't have a lot of expectations for this film because of the fact that. Like you said, it was it's a lot of the other anthrop- anthropology films that I've seen that where they sort of they do it like that. I, I don't have a lot of hope for, especially after watching heavy metal. I, just, I, <laughs> yeah. I know I shouldn't base it around, but a lot of films like that don't seem to do it as well. But this film, I thought, done it so well, and it was so bizarre for me, seeing, especially seeing Christopher Lee yeah. being the whole skeptic.
0: Yeah. That is a bit of foamy completely, but I love I love this film. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, okay, on the whole, I would say it is a brilliant film. I love it. I always have them. Uh, I always I love all of these these anthology films. And Amicus, as I say, are really good at doing them. All of their ones are really good. There's some good Hammer ones as well, but all of the Amicus ones are good. Um, yeah. The only thing for me. That has ever spoilt this film is the whole section with Roy Castle in, and even <laughs> even more so now because of the fact it's so, it's so unpc, it's so wrong.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, so I did sit there. I w- I watched his bit and I sat there. I was like, it was very very obvious. I'm sitting. I I sat there and watched it with my partner, and I sat there. I was like, this is. It was very stereotypical. This yeah. is, and I was like, really. All right, and it was the only downside to the film. Is I sat there, yeah. like, you know, it, it was almost cringeworthy, yeah. And I sat there, like, maybe make it, maybe they didn't make up for it. And they did, they made up for it on the other bit. Oh, I, I know, I know, apart from a few of the effects, especially with um, Donald Sutherland's bit, Donald Sutherland's bit, the transformation bit in that. Yeah. I sat there and I was like,
0: oh no, what no, this is mean, it was a 60s film, but even I sat there and went, oh dear. It's 1965, and it's a low budget movie, because all of the films were. But, uh, but right, I, really, <laughs> let's go through it a bit of time. Let's start off with getting the silliness out of the way, of the fact that Peter Cushing's character is called Doctor Shrek.
1: Yeah, see, this is another thing yet. Yeah. This is this is ruined my childhood. When you told me what, or when they said what Doctor Shrek's or what Shrek's translated to in German. Yeah. Really, really annoyed me because I then thought to myself, and that was the only thing I went through in my head was the cartoon film Shrek now take on a completely different meaning. Admittedly, the spelling's different. Yeah, but it's still, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I,
0: I know what you mean. the only thing I've I'm like, no, I need to get it out of my head. Right, let's go through everything. The, through the right, the first part uh, werewolf. Yes. <laughs> I think the story, the basic story was okay um it was i've got me you can tell it
1: was obviously they tried they, they had to make short stories to fit it all into one bit yeah but it was it did seem a little bit rushed with a lot of the explanation of what, what was going got on.
0: me about this one is for, for a, a short story for a part in an anthology film it seemed to be very slow This yes bit. it just it, it again it's another one
1: it seemed very slow but it just seemed to sort of I don't know, drag on for bits that didn't need to and didn't actually explain a lot what was going on.
0: Yeah.
1: for a film that's meant to be based on a lot of stories connecting to make a whole story, it confused me because it was just like, why? What? This should, there could have been a bit more explanation in the parts that like were stretched out for no reason. Yeah. I get the fact that, obviously, I'm not a filmmaker. I get the fact there's obviously reasons why, but it just, it just I
0: don't know, it just threw me a bit. I, mean, I think the acting in it was good. And I think the, it was well written, but I just think that some of it was a bit longer than it needed to be. And I did like the fact that the the, the sort of twist at the end. Yeah. Of the fact that it was, you know, the guy's wife that was bringing him back. And it, that, was, that was quite good. I enjoyed that bit, but it was, just seemed a bit slow, especially for the first story in. You kind of need something that's going to grab you for the first one. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
1: it was it was
0: uh, it was it was, okay. a, it was a good story and a good twist into
1: it. But it just yeah, it was something that really should have been more of a halfway through bit, yeah. not not to start things off. And I get the fact that obviously you want to start things off slow to get people to sort of, but start it off that slow. It seemed like a lot of people have gone. Oh, actually, this is a bit boring. Yeah,
0: this is it. It's I mean the. the the girl, the young girl in that, who's one of the ones I couldn't find out anything about whatsoever. Um, yeah. she, she was really odd, and that kind of was one of the best things about it. Was just she had this such an odd look about her. Yeah, I think that's a, that's one
1: thing though that I would say a lot with a lot of female actors, especially when they they're not big names, to be in a horror film or a sci-fi film, you have to have that either odd chemistry on screen or have an odd look. Yeah. You to fit in perfectly without, without seeming out of place.
0: And she, I think it worked really well with her in, in that part. She was, she was very good in that. But, you know, on the whole, I thought it was good. The effects were okay. A little bit overlong, a yeah. little bit slow. But other than that, really good. Yeah. Good idea. And, and just a little bit of a twist at the end was quite cool. Mm. Um, so, right, second part, The Creeping Vine. This was the one with, um, with Alan Freeman in yeah again interesting story reminded me a bit of, of like the sort of whole um uh, day of the triffids
1: oh yes yeah
0: reminded me a little bit of day of the triffids um the acting mostly was okay some of it was a bit ish again we had the famous thing being a british film especially there had to be at least one person in it smoking a pipe
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, but my answer to this is the fact that it was again, again. I know I keep going back to it. It was very the scream. Yeah, over the top, like um, girly scream, and I'm like, really?
0: Yeah, no, I know. And you the movie movie movie. twice. <laughs> but the only thing, the only thing about it that, that I did think was a bit kind of like, I don't know. Um, yeah, when they were showing the bit of film about. Um, about, uh, about the, the, the different types. Eat, of plants. Yeah, plants that yeah. eat animals and things like that. It was a bit kind of like, um <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> my,
1: my, my thing that shocked me, and it's a bit that made me. I, I do this quite a lot with a lot of sci-fi films and horror film. Is the fact that he suggested the fact that like this this one professor who's in the house hmm. suggested that. The plants might have got intelligent and almost sort of self, well not self aware because they are, but you know what I mean, like sort of yeah. higher intelligence. And the other two guys in the room, who are meant to be these professors and the guy that is affected, don't once question it.
0: Well, yeah,
1: don't and highly, don't go, yeah, maybe you're being a bit being a bit weird here, but they both go, do you know what? Maybe you're right. And I'm like, yeah. no. Well, you, I'm just, if someone would come up to me and went, I think my plan's
0: more intelligent than I am,
1: I'd be, telling them to, I'd be sort of walking away from them very quickly.
0: I've known quite a few people that it could be true of, but... Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Admittedly, I'm, I'm not saying I don't, but if they come up to me and said it, I'd probably go... I I
0: think you, stand just, <laughs> you kind of have to get to a point quickly in this little film because it's it's only short bits. Um. <laughs> But I know, I know what you mean I do take take what you mean it's it's just kind of what they do in these films I suppose yeah. it was okay the effects were okay um the story was pretty much okay it was just uh it wasn't I I I liked the story I'm not sure the acting was completely up to the the
1: up to what it needed to be up to what
0: it needed to be a good story you know for the the, the story. No. Okay, third part, which is possibly the worst part of the film Voodoo. Again, I think the story is quite good because yes. the idea of somebody stealing the tune of a voodoo ritual, yeah, to make jazz music and therefore being haunted down by the voodoo gods seems really good and quite interesting idea.
1: Very very important.
0: Roy, Roy Castle is awful. He's a terrible actor. Yeah. Reasonable musician.
1: I've got to admit it did seem like a very I don't know whether or not it was meant to be intentional or what, but it did seem like a lot of the stuff he wanted to say was very up close and personal. Every yeah. time we had a conversation with somebody he was very face to face with them and I'm like Funny that, that I, I get the fact there's certain bits he wanted to whisper, but he didn't seem to whisper, he seemed to get in their face and talk louder.
0: Yeah, I like, he just, I mean, even the bits with him in the train are almost like cringe. Yeah, like, you know, when he turns around and says, Hey, freaky deck, how do you play? How do you play uh, poker with these men?
1: Oh, yeah, oh, god,
0: really? It just, it's, it's, it's certain
1: comments as well. Like he pulls out one of the tarot cards and he goes, I was mother-in-law. And I'm like, even the look, the figures, the, the look I had on my face is exactly what the other actors did.
0: Yeah. Which was,
1: really? And I know they're meant to do it, but even I sat there and it's like, really? it's just.
0: And it's, I mean, the music's okay if you're into that kind of jazz. I quite like that kind of jazz. It's a right. Um It's really, really, really un-PC. He does this awful bit when they first find out they're going to the Caribbean, he fin- they mm. finish playing the jet song they're playing. And he that's does this awful awesome. thing where he tries to do a Caribbean accent and sounds more Pakistani than a Caribbean. Mm. And it's awful. It, it just makes you go, oh, God, no, yeah, yeah. no. It's very, I sat down and I
1: thought, "Oh!" And even I sat down and I was like, when I said, but again, I was like, that's not what you sound like. You
0: sound more like you're going to the middle of Asia than, than the West Indies. But, I mean, as I say, I like the story. I think some of the effects were quite good. Because it, it, yeah,
1: it, that, it's also it does it is a good story because it also shows as well, especially for that time, what a lot of people would have done to uh, have a little bit of money and fame.
0: Oh yeah, for especially
1: yeah, yeah. in the music industry, to have that little bit of fame to take something that even after they got he got warned, God knows how many times. Yeah. To sit there and say, look, don't do it because you're going to anger people. you know. And he sat there and went, yeah, but it can make me famous. It can make me money. And I'm like, it just showed the fact that in that time, there were a lot of people that were quite willing to upset to be, a lot of people, to do a lot of things, just to get a little bit of money. To be honest,
0: there's still a lot of people out there like that now. Oh, yeah. there but, no, I know like what that. you mean. I know what you mean. Um, but as I say, I think the story is good. And, and if you could do it in a way that wasn't... So cringy and awful, with somebody who was actually quite good actor and who was actually quite funny instead of being really yeah. Ugh, with their jokes, then it might, be, it might not be a bad film to make. <laughs> but it's you know, the thing is, I think a lot of it now
1: is is I think back in the sixties it was definitely no one would have been no one would have thought no, twice no. about it, no. no one would have, that's right, no one would have gone well, that's a bit out of order. But yeah. I think now, I know the fact, especially the fact that it was remastered, and, but the fact that now I think a lot of people's whole aspects and things have changed. But it's, oh, yeah, definitely. It's the way that people in, uh, see see other cultures.
0: Yeah. I mean, you'd never be able to make a film like that, of that ex- that way now. It no. would have to be done differently because it just yeah. wouldn't be acceptable. Um, but, you know, I mean, it was of its time... Uh and and yeah, there were there were elements of it that could have been quite easily cut out and that sort of thing. But in a way, I'm glad they didn't because I think you need to see that these things existed and what people did and, and why so you can see why it was wrong.
1: Yeah. See my only bit that I did find funny about the the whole voodoo bit is that he gets obviously followed home by this god, demon, whatever it was. Yeah. And the wind chasing. But he both into, he bumps over this trash can, he bumps into this trash can and then falls on this sign on the wall. Yes. Which I think is very funny, bearing in mind he advertises the film.
0: Yes. It's it's very clever, very clever thing. That's cool. Yeah. It's very good, very well done. Okay, let's leave him behind. Leave White Castle where he was. So part four, disembodied hand. Yes, Christopher Lee and Michael Goff.
1: I have only one bone to pick with this whole this whole section.
0: Now, let and me see the other could, one. Could it be with the hand itself?
1: No, actually, that was I thought that was quite in, quite okay. well done. But my only thing, apart yeah. from the fact, yes, yeah, the hand was very very obvious. The fact that it was fake. Yeah. And, but everyone, all the other sections, they tap on the cards. Did he not? I thought he did. No. Every yeah. other set, I have to go back and have a look. Every other, every other character, including uh, Peter Cushing's character, all yeah. tap three times on the cards. He doesn't touch the cards once. I thought he did. Yeah, he has to be a button. Um, and I was like, yeah.
0: Okay, I don't remember. To be honest, I think probably must have missed it. Um, Christopher Lee is great. In it. He plays this absolutely atrociously uh, self-opinionated art critic. And, and he plays the part so well, that officious sort of like, you know, I'm better than you because I'm yeah, better educated.
1: It, it, it doesn't help the whole, the facial aspects of it he's got as well, make him look very, it's very easy for him to look, or to do it without actually looking like he's there, just looking down the nose at people. She's not oh, what well, well, a lot of heartache <laughs> <But it's>, Yeah, <laughs> He's a tall from the But it's the fact that his whole acting demeanour, his whole... Acting demeanor, his whole um, his vo- vocal tones, his whole everything about him just suited the role perfectly.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. He, Christopher Lee was a brilliant actor. He was <laughs> yes. why he was never more famous than he was. I, I really don't know him and Chris, and Peter Cushing. They were a lot, a lot of the ones that become famous though. They
1: do a multi range of
0: film. No, but they, they. I think the big thing was that they were quite happy to stick with doing um, these sort of films because even once Christopher Lee had done things like he did James Bond and he did big films.
1: Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, they went, went back
0: movies. to doing these sort of films because of the fact that they enjoyed doing them. It was, it was yeah. good work. It was easy work and they enjoyed it. And they liked, I mean, they were really good friends. Yes. And they liked working together. Because of the fact they were both they both came from stage acting as well. Mm. Um, although, I mean Christopher Lee, there is a <sighs> amazing stories about Christopher Lee because of the fact that he used to be in the Secret Service. Yeah, and he was in the, I think it was in the army or the navy. I don't. Know. But he, he's done. He did all sorts of things. He, he's done. Horror. He's done fantasy. He's done sci-fi. He's done um, adventure, sort of like action films like James Bond and stuff like that. He's done comedy. Yeah. He's done uh, dramas and and crime stuff. But he's done musicals. He recorded three albums with a heavy yeah. metal band.
1: Yeah, that's still one of the weirdest he, songs I've listened
0: to. <laughs> he wrote an entire musical about Charlemagne. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. like he, what he's did a he big, underrated actor. Oh, huge!
1: Like, not how big of an actor he is because he, he's not a house. It, the thing is, he is a household name, oh, he's, a a,
0: the, he's more of a household name in this country, yeah. So, the fact
1: but, that he was you think like stuff like uh, like Lord of the Rings and the James Bond
0: stuff and stuff like so, anyway, back to this. Stick to this part the, the disembodied hand, so yeah he, Christopher Lee is great, but Michael Goff is excellent as the as the uh, artist he he yes. plays that part so well as he always plays his part so well he was a great character actor and, and he knew how to how exactly how to fit in with whoever he was acting with it 's one of those things he just he, and he never seemed to look much different. he always kind of looked the same. You know, he see him when he was playing yeah. Alfred and see him in this film, he doesn't look a lot different age wise. Um, yeah, kind of... um I thought that the story was really good. Um, although there was part of me that thought I'd seen something like it before. Or I I and mean, even when I saw it back in the day, I kind of thought, sure I've seen this somewhere before. It could well be that somebody else has used exactly the same idea, because I think it may have been on something like um Tales of the Unexpected or one of those TV things. Yeah. You know. Um but uh, it's uh, the only thing for me. Was the, the only thing was the effects with the hand, because there were points where the hand was obviously somebody else's hand at first. When it was come yeah. But there yeah. were points where, when the hand, you could see the disembodied hand hole. You could see the seam down the side of it where it had been moulded. Yeah, and it's kind of like, uh, I know I know it's not real. But I don't want to be shown it's not real. Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: yeah you never real. But when you sit there and go, oh, you can see the stitching.
0: Yeah. It's,
1: it's, it's almost kind of, like it's, maybe that's why Christopher Lee was so, uh, was so like shocked and angry and sort of, <laughs> kind of destroying it so much. He, he was, he was that upset about how fake it looked.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it, it is quite, uh,
1: especially. It I'll it, it. It was it was very very funny though know, watching it crawl around after he would thrown it in the fire. Yes, because that was it was very obvious that it was painted
0: on. <laughs> yeah. it was like oh dear. Yes, I'm not quite sure. Not quite. The only thing I'm not quite sure with the disembodied hand, which obviously I don't know. You just think, well, okay, so it found its way out of a box that was tied up with string and in a router. Then obviously he must have climbed up a tree, yeah. So that it could drop down onto his car,
1: <laughs> and the fact that he managed to find the road and the car that he was
0: on—obviously a very clever end. <laughs> but, you know, it was it was well done, and it was it, some of the effects not so. But it was the story was quite good, and it was it was well acted and well written. I think. Then we got the fifth part, the last part, uh, Vampire yes yeah the acting was okay It the acting surprised me bear in
1: mind it's donald Sutherland. yeah he seemed very wooden in this and it
0: yeah. well he was only young i mean you've got to remember he, he probably I mean, was, he's another, he's another one
1: he does his facial doesn't look like he's changed he just looks like he's wearing a different kind of wig well
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um, taking his uh a blonde wig off him and put a white one on him for
0: these restarts <laughs> for recently <laughs> but it's um, his acting was a bit wooden, yeah. I just it's very odd because I mean, obviously, what they try to do with a lot of these films is they try to get at least one American actor in because of the way that was a way of selling it to the yeah. American market. So you get a young American actor who was on his way up, yeah they get a wider, they get a wider um, spread of, of fan base because of the fact that people in this country will then see him. So when something comes up with his name on again, they'll go, oh, that was that guy that was in that other film we saw.
1: Yeah.
0: And in America, there yeah, we are, right, you can sell the I film guess. to the American market because it's got somebody in it that they'll go, oh, yeah. we know him, yeah. Uh, so they tried to get somebody in like that in almost all of these films, somebody that people will know. Um. It was okay. It, uh, the story behind it was... The story was pretty project. good. And, and yeah. I did quite like the fact that it was mildly amusing. Um, the end of it where they break the fourth wall and the, the guy, Doctor, talks to the audience. Talks to yeah. the camera. That was quite quite funny.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: the effects are changing to the bat. The bat on a string that was flying around that didn't really look like much like a bat it looked like a couple of bits of on. you know on. what
1: the, the best part of it like a lot of acting you're not meant to tell that they're acting yeah that's what the whole point of acting is you're meant to it's meant to draw the, what, the viewer into something that they could see was real yeah but seeing the reaction to when that god awful bat was flying towards <laughs> one of the doctors and he puts it he goes I think it was because I put the cross up and I'm like no, you got scared of a paper mache bat
0: even I sat there and went, really? No, 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 no. There's also the fact that um, the one minor situation with it, because it wasn't explained, and, and really at that time, it never happened in other vampire films, was yeah. the fact that she was okay walking around in daylight. Yeah. She didn't have to sleep in a coffin. Yeah that was very unusual for a vampire film at that time. And I
1: know that it was slightly unusual because every vampire i seen for vampire film I'd seen from that time, a lot of the vampires were either English or American.
0: Yeah. And that well, one,
1: she seemed like a tree.
0: Well, you know, I suppose they have to be everywhere, I suppose, but it just,
1: struck <laughs> me; it's just kind of like, maybe that's why she, maybe that's why she could walk around in, in daylight. Cause a lot of French cuisine is based on garlic. <laughs>
0: So obviously, there the actually, you, would, you would imagine that France would be somewhere that vampires would find it difficult to live.
1: France and Italy,
0: and parts of <laughs> Italy, <are better>, yeah. <laughs> but uh, on the whole, on the whole, it wasn't too bad. It was a it was a bit, the effects were a bit in there, and the uh, you know some of the acting was a bit daft. But it's a, but the thing about it is that I think this film is one of those things where it's. It's a sum of the parts. If you look at every one of those individual parts, you can pick something wrong with every one of them.
1: Oh, yeah, I did, I did quite a lot.
0: <laughs> if you, but if you put ah, them together oh, with the whole, over- the whole overarching story, it makes a really good film. Yes. Somehow. I don't quite understand how, but it does. My only bit as well is, why right at the end,
1: where a lot of, when they turn up at the platform, Yeah. And the skeleton is it's wow, well, or oh, the death character, yeah. It's it was very very funny because all I did was laugh at the skull, and I know I shouldn't have
0: done. I know. It's, the thing was that it's like uh, I've read a lot of lot of stuff. A lot of the time on on films in the sixties, if they needed a skeleton, what they used to do was they used to get one of the plastic skeletons that they used to use in in. Um, Hospitals that to teach students with, yeah. So, and then they had to kind of like dirty it up or whatever, so it never quite looked right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I mean, obviously, the, the thing is, and anybody listening will warn you here, this is a huge spoiler. If you've never seen the film before, this is a massive spoiler. Obviously, the thing is that Dr. Shrek is death. But it was just, you know, so that's why obviously he wanders off and when he turns around, his death is the skull. No. Yeah. They all just kind of happily wander off after they found they've all died in the train crash and they follow him. Um, but it's, I don't know, I think <laughs> it's a film of its time, definitely, in a lot of ways. But it's still, it's good to watch this some good... Horror stories in there. Some good, like it's not super scary. Sort of like you know you're going to be sitting there shivering and going, "Oh my god, oh my god!" But it's good, it's good fun. Sixties horror stuff, and some of it's funny. Some of it supposed to be funny isn't quite, but it's you know it's got a bit of everything in it. It's got yeah. like a bit of drama, a bit of sort of oh, action and and all that kind of stuff. It it works well as a 60s mid sixties horror film, yeah. it works really well. And yeah. you can't fault the acting because, say, so you know, with Pete, anything with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee in, yeah, you know you're going to get some good acting in it. Even it's, if the film is absolute rubbish. It is, I would say, and, I, and I've got to say this, it, although I like it, and I, I really do like this film, it's possibly not the best of the portmanteau or anthology films, that were made at that time by Lucas no. and, and, and uh, Hammer and other people. I prefer From Beyond the Grave and Tales from the Crypt. Tales of
1: the Crypt I always loved.
0: This one is good and so is Torture Garden, but they're kind of on a par and they're not quite as good as the other two. But I yeah. I, I do like it and there's also Asylum. That's another one which is, is quite good. Yeah. Um. But it's a good film overall, I think, I think we can both agree that. It, and it's, it's one of those films where I haven't seen this film for a good what 20 years. Yeah. but i quite happily sit and watch it again, oh. not necessarily to, today, but you know what I mean, if somebody yeah, said if me, it's just, if it's a film that I' go back and watch. If somebody said to me next year or something, we will watch it and somebody said, "Oh, shall we watch that?" I go, "Oh, yeah, great. You know, I've never got. I've got never, yeah. no problem with watching any time it's on or anybody wants to watch it. Um, no. So yeah, I, I, on the whole, I think it was a very good film. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing film. It's there.
1: So it's a good storyline behind it all. It's yeah, the effects could be a bit more to ask for, but again, right. it's a '60s film. Yeah. So yeah. it was, didn't have a big budget.
0: So it's but it is a
1: very. A good film for what it is
0: right so um, thank you very much for um, joining us here today if you have and I hope to uh, hope you will join us again um, and so we will say goodbye thank you very much uh, my name's Andy Walker and I'll see you later bye bye Scott say see you later and goodbye bye bye the Sigh for a Film Podcast. The